Sundays ago, we talked about race, and last Sunday, we had some conversation about race. Uh, I thought we'd change tune and not talk about anything that's controversial to anyone and talk about politics this morning. So uh, I hope you're ready. Uh, politics is kind of interesting uh, because some people get very fired up about it. They, they are just mad and opinionated and will tell anybody on the internet how they're wrong. Uh, some of you may not care that much. You, just, you might get mad when anyone talks about politics. You're like, I don't care. You're don't talk about this. So uh, people love politics. They hate politics. Some people love to hate politics. And uh, lately, it's been kind of crazy in the political sphere. So if you haven't been paying attention, uh, it's primary season. We're approaching an election. Uh, and it's gotten kind of crazy. And they're like usual. People are calling names. Uh, and it may get, it, it, there's violence in, in some instances. Uh, and some of us are like, what is going on? Well, I want to talk about politics. And I suppose we could talk about it and I could offend everyone here, uh, whether you're on the right or the left or you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. I could probably step on everyone's toes if I wanted to and we could all leave here mad. Uh, but I want to talk about a different kind of politics. We have crazy politics right now, but that's nothing new. It's been like this for a very long time. In fact, even in Jesus' day, things were crazy. People had different views. They, they gathered with different groups, and they said, this is what we're going to do, this is what we stand for, and we don't like those other people. Uh, think about uh, during Jesus' day, you had, uh, in Palestine, you had Rome, who was ruling over Israel. You had these outside oppressors, this outside force, patrolling their streets, you had them everywhere. You had Herod, who was kind of a local king, but he kind of worked for, for Caesar and listened. Kind of had an arrangement going on there. So some people liked him. Some people thought, oh, he's a sellout. And then there were people, you might have heard of them, the Pharisees. While they were religious, they also thought the way the kingdom should be is we should follow these laws. We should follow these laws closely and follow these laws in our particular way. And if you don't follow the laws, you should be excluded. There's a group called the Essenes. They decided, hey, this area, this place is so messed up, we're just going to move out to the country, move out to the desert, and we're going to do our own thing. We're going to create our own society out there because, man, politics are crazy. There's the Sadducees. They're kind of sellouts. They were like kind of in the 1%. And so it helped them to work out with the people in power. And then you had the Zealots. Zealots, from the name, you can tell they cared a lot about their position. They were basically first century terrorists. They're like, we don't like Rome. We believe we should be king of our own country of our own nation here, and they were willing to do violence to take care of that. They were willing to attack. They were willing to, uh, they'd hang out in, uh, 
in the alleyway, someone would come up, they would jump out, kill them, lip back into the alleyway. People were like, what is going on? It's like first century terrorism. So you have all of that going on. You had people expecting God to do something, and they're saying, no, God is going to work through my party or my group, and what actually ends up happening is Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus shows up on the scene. Which side do you think he takes? Does he go with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Zealots? Does he side with Rome? What political body, what political power does Jesus side with? Who do you, doesn't side with any of them. He shows up and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, kingdom, what does that sound like? That sounds like politics, doesn't it? Kingdom. A kingdom has a king and citizens and laws and a land and territory. Kingdom sounds political. Now, usually when we think of kingdom of heaven, I don't know what you picture. Uh, you might picture a big castle in the clouds. There's the kingdom of heaven. But that's not actually what it's talking about. The kingdom of heaven it's called the kingdom of heaven, but it's for earth. It is God's rule and reign coming to earth. You don't have to look far. You look outside. You watch the news. You look at our politics, and you know the world is messed up. And the Bible refers to a prince, again, prince, a political term, prince of the power of the air, that the world is currently and was at Jesus' day in the grips of evil powers, of things behind our world, behind our physical world, that we're leading people astray, that we're causing destruction, that we're promoting death and destruction. There were demons in Satan, the devil. And Jesus comes in and says, no more. I am bringing in my kingdom in which God is king, and we live under him, and Jesus came as the king of that kingdom. And he says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He doesn't take any of the sides. He says, repent. Repent means to turn around. It means to turn from the way you've been living and turn uh, to God in this instance. It's to change your mind. So no matter what group, they had formed, no matter what body, no matter what political viewpoints they had, Jesus' message was the same to each of them, which was repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was going to be their king. He brought his kingdom into reality through his death and resurrection. And now the kingdom is here. The kingdom is present. His kingdom is dynamic. We're going to look at some verses that talk about how that kingdom functions and how it works. But I want you to notice this. This is political talk. Kingdom. In their day, when they said, Jesus is Lord, it implied that the rulers of their day were not the true Lord. That Jesus was. That even the word church, church the word church comes from the Greek word ekklesia. And they had already been using that word before the church was formed. Do you know what that word was? 
it spoke of a democratic local political body. So a body that would gather in a particular town who held certain political beliefs, who tried to order their life according to those beliefs. So if you've gathered here in a, a church this morning as part of a political body, well, we, it's not about votes. It is about us living under King Jesus. Jesus is the king, and he calls us to order our lives in a particular way. And in the early church, they would get in trouble because they would say in the book of Acts, they said, there's someone living, they believe there is a king other than Caesar, and his name is Jesus, and it would get them in trouble. There are countries around our world today in which if you say, I believe in King Jesus, they're going to say, that sounds politically dangerous. There are nations where it is outlawed. In our culture, it sounds religious. But it has something to say about all of our lives. And Jesus brings a new politics. So, if you are, like, just sickened by the political world, I want to introduce to you a new kind of politics. In which Jesus is king. In which Jesus is bringing people together from every corner of the world, from every viewpoint, from every background, and he's bringing them together and said, live under my kingship. Live in a new way. If you are sickened by politics, then this kingdom is for you. Maybe you're disheartened. Maybe you care a lot about politics, and you see the way things are going in our world, and you say, man, in our nation... We used to be on track. We, we used to live according to certain principles, and we followed the right way, but now I don't know anymore. I feel like we've lost it. I feel like we're gone. Then this message is for you as well. If you are disheartened, if you are sad, if you are in despair over our politics, I want to say there is a different kind of politics that you need to link up with that God is working in our world. Got a question for you. What political party in our world does the kingdom of God side with? What political party in our current mess does God sign with? Just like in his day where he showed up, did not side with any, and said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus shows up in our day, and calls to Democrats and Republicans, socialists and libertarians, and says, repent, for there's a whole different kingdom coming. There's the kingdom of heaven, and it's bringing people from all backgrounds together. So Jesus, may shock you, is not a Republican. Jesus is not a Democrat. He is not a socialist. He is not a libertarian. He is a king who doesn't fit on your right-to-left spectrum. He is not right-wing or left-wing. Uh, there, there was a religious leader uh, that's from a different place that visited America, and everyone was so confused. They're like, wait, is he right-wing or left-wing? Neither. And the same is true for Jesus. Jesus does not fit your categories. 
Jesus transcends those. Jesus does not fit into our political boxes, which is often what we want to do, don't we? We want to, Jesus is on my side. Now, those are important discussions to have. But when your political party doesn't make it in power, guess who's still on the throne? Jesus. Jesus is still reigning. So if you are tempted to be disheartened, then the kingdom message is for you. If you're tempted to make all people who disagree with you politically your enemy, then the kingdom of heaven message is for you. In Jesus' day, you had all these different viewpoints going on, all these different ways to deal with their political situation. And Jesus called disciples. He called followers to him. And guess what? He called people from different parties. He called zealots, and he called people who worked for Rome. So there was one, uh, one member of his, his crew uh, who was a zealot. Remember, zealots basically, let's do violence to Rome. Let's take them out. So you have that guy. That guy is a part of Jesus' team. So he's like, okay, you follow me. So you've got the terrorist guy over here. Over here, you have a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. And you're like, well, so the IRS man, really? Well, this is a little more intense because the tax collector basically sold out his own people to collect money from them for Rome. And he got rich in the process. He did very well for himself. So you have the tax collector, the traitor, and then you have a guy who cares about his country so much, is so patriotic, that he is willing to do violence to their enemies. How do you think they feel about each other? Think they get along? You ever think there was a heated conversation in those early years amongst Jesus' disciples? See, this kingdom transcends all of our mess. This kingdom. So we like to say, if I'm right wing and you're left wing, we are enemies. And in fact, studies have shown that as our culture has gotten more secular, less religious, that politics has risen to the level of religion in previous days. In previous days, you really would not see people marry or have friendships across religious lines. That's becoming more common as religion is not as... Uh, significant in American life. But you know what they find less and less of? Republicans married to Democrats find very less. You don't really find people who are friends. Often you'll hear someone on the media or someone else say, I can't imagine how that person got in office. I don't even know anyone who voted for him. It shows our very limited circles. We don't know people outside of our political bent. All of this is to say is, if you care about politics, remember, it is secondary to the politics that Jesus brings about. It is secondary to the kingdom. As Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of heaven. 
And so we're going to look at how that kingdom comes about, how that kingdom grows. Matthew 13, verse 31. Jesus tells this parable. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it, when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. So Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. It is the key message that he teaches. And he teaches a series of stories or parables to help us understand what that's all about. And I want us to hear this in the context of what we're talking about, that there is a different kind of kingdom, there is a different kind of politics. It says, kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. The first thing I want to point out is that the kingdom advances not through the ballot box. That sometimes we get the idea that if the right person does not get in office, that God's kingdom is in trouble. We get the idea that if our party does not rule and make the rules, then God's kingdom is languishing. Sometimes we believe when a politician says, if you vote for me, everything will change. And I have heard quotes nearly exactly that this political season. If you believe that, then you are believing in a false kingdom. If you believe a politician that says, if you vote for me, everything will change. All of our problems will go away. All that is sad will come untrue. You have believed in a false Messiah, a false kingdom. But notice, the kingdom does not advance in that way. That God's kingdom does not advance through the ballot box. Now, some of you may not be tempted in that way, but I know for some of us in America, it becomes very tricky because we see the shift. We're like, no! We're losing it. So if you are tempted to despair, remember, the kingdom of God is not harmed by another political party getting in power. That's not to say those things don't matter. It's not to say that political issues don't matter, but they are secondary to what God is doing in the world. The chief way that God is acting in the world is not through politicians, it's not through lobbyists, it's not through nations, but it is through the kingdom. And you know what the kingdom looks like right now? It looks like us. It looks like the church. See, the church is an outpost of the kingdom. Notice in the parable, it starts out small, grain of a mustard seed. I have a picture that is going to pop up there a second. There that's a mustard seed. Really, really small. 
So it says the kingdom starts out like that. Now, the people of Jesus' day probably were like, they were expecting a king, a king with a war horse, a king with an army coming to establish his kingdom. You imagine some, a, a flashy politician with a ticker tape parade with confetti flying everywhere. Things are big. They have tons of money. They have a huge campaign. But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is not like that at all. It's like a mustard seed. It's something small. It's something that seems insignificant, but it becomes mighty and large. So the kingdom starts small and it grows. Have you ever watched a plant grow? Anyone see one grow? It goes slow, doesn't it? Like, you probably haven't actually seen it grow. You've like, it's like when someone sees your kid and they haven't seen him for a few months and they show up, wow, he's so big. You're like, really? I hadn't noticed. I've been here the whole time. I didn't see any growth happen. Same way as with plants. I have giant trees in my yard. I have never seen them grow. I assume they have. Uh, I have planted grass in my backyard because my dog messes it up every single year. Like, it's just a mess, just spotty. So I plant grass the past two years, and then I sit there and watch it. No, I don't sit there and watch it grow because it takes a long time. So sometimes we put our hope, oh, I just pray that God works in our world. And a lot of times we think, it's going to happen suddenly through political power. That if we get the right guy in there, he's going to change the laws and suddenly things are going to be great. God's kingdom doesn't work that way. God's kingdom doesn't work through the political power. God's kingdom works through mustard seeds. Something small and insignificant becomes mighty and grand. There are a number of levels that this happens. First, the kingdom is already here in the form of local churches all around the world. They're local political bodies. No, I'm saying political in the new way. That we confess Jesus is king and we live under him and live according to his laws and we follow him and we love him and we share with other people we're ambassadors for that kingdom that we are all across the world. It hasn't come fully yet, though, has it? We don't see the kingdom saturating everything, but there will come a day, as shown in the book of Revelation and other places, where the kingdom comes fully, where the kingdom is already here, but it's not yet fully, but it will. So in a way, the kingdom starts out small, but it will eventually saturate everything. The next parable after this, Jesus talks about a little leaven in the dough. So you imagine a kingdom will start up big and bold and strong, but this kingdom starts like a little leaven, and then they work it through until it fills everything. So our hope is a kingdom from God that will fill all things. And this should stir our hearts, that the kingdom will eventually come and it will fill all things. Gone will be death. 
Gone will be war. Gone will be disease. Gone will be racism. Gone will be the division that we see in our world. And this should stir up our hearts. The kingdom vision of a world set right by God himself in which God dwells with us and we dwell with him and we live in harmony with each other. Facebook is going to be a whole lot less dramatic when the kingdom comes. Everyone's just going to be loving on each other and they won't be uh, sharing articles and then someone's like, hey, I barely know you, but I'm going to tell you what I think about that not going to happen. There will be harmony. There will be peace. There will be unity. And our hearts should long for that. So the kingdom is already here, but not yet. It starts out small, but one day it will fill everything. Old Testament says it's like the waters that cover the sea. The waters are the sea. It will be all in all the kingdom and God will be present to us and it will be magnificent. Kingdom is like a mustard seed. How many disciples did Jesus have? He had 12 close disciples. How many disciples does he have now 2,000 years later? Millions, billions, all across the world, in China, in Africa, in Australia, in South America, in Europe, all across the world. It started with 12. People are like, Jesus, I'm not sure this plan is going to work. You just trained up 12 guys, and you're like set on world domination. You want them to... But look at it now. Mustard seed, 12 guys. Jesus planted them. And look what has happened that the kingdom is growing, that people have confessed Jesus as Lord and they are living under his lordship and they are telling other people about it. They are living lives of love, loving God and loving others. It is all across the globe. You may say, oh, but in America it's on decline, but in other places it is exploding exponentially. It is a worldwide thing. Something that Jesus started in one little place, his spirit has blown his wind across the entire world. It starts like a mustard seed, but it grows. Uh, sometimes I'll, uh, someone will visit here uh, and go, well, it's kind of small. Uh, that's a small church. I'm like, it is, isn't it? And recently we, uh, we do a ton of things at North Godwin. And they sent a, a little thank you card, as they often do. And in this thank you card, it said, you are truly a small but mighty church. Now, that's not anything to brag on us. But I want to point out something. Small is not insignificant. That God works through small things all the time. That God specializes in the small. We often think, oh, if only a celebrity could become a Christian, then things would change. If only our politician who's a Christian could get in office, then 
things would change. If only we had a huge budget, then things would change. If only we had a mega church, then things would change. You know what God specializes in? Mustard seeds. So no matter how small something seems, no matter how insignificant an outsider might look at it, God is in the business of using mustard seeds. Tiny little mustard seeds. God planted Crosswinds Church in Godwin Heights. And he is doing an amazing work. We welcome people here from all backgrounds, from wherever they're at, and we share the love of Jesus with them. And people are shocked. They're like, I've never seen such a loving group of people. And they, they say, what? There's something special about that. We had people visiting us on Easter who wouldn't say, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian. They wouldn't normally go to church, but they said there was something very emotionally powerful about what is going on there. So sometimes we may think, oh, what can we do? We are exactly what God specializes in. God specializes in small but mighty churches. In fact, the majority of churches around our world are exactly like ours. There are groups of people who live under King Jesus, who live in community with each other. They are a family, and they say, let's love and serve each other according to the way Jesus says, and let's reach out to our neighbors and love them. Jesus specializes in mustard seeds. Another thing that might be small and insignificant is how you might feel about yourself. What could I do? What difference could I make? You see the political process and you're like, my vote, uh, that doesn't, it doesn't matter if I vote or not. It's insignificant. There are too much power loaded up in certain places and I have no chance to make a difference. I can't do anything. So sometimes we, we vote and say, well, I did my thing, and then walk and feel uh, despair and sadness that you can't do anything. But Jesus specializes in the small and insignificant. And the reality is, you might go, well, mustard seed's insignificant, but not in the kingdom of heaven. Because in the kingdom of heaven, mustard seeds get planted and things explode and things grow, and things happen. So you may say, what could I do? You can do a lot. You can plant mustard seeds. You can plant seeds of the kingdom in the people's lives around you. The life lived according to the new politics of Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, is that you can plant seeds in people's life through the lives of love that you live. You can get your hands dirty in the people around you in the dirt and plant seeds there. You can help people. So part of the thing is just open up your eyes. I was recently reading Ephesians 2.10 with someone. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, God has prepared good works for you to do. Christ has called us to live lives full of good works. You just have to look around. God has prepared them for you. Who is next to you you can love in this community? 
Who can you reach out to? Who can you, who can you serve? Who can you speak a word of encouragement to? You might go, well, that's nothing. But God specializes in nothing. In little mustard seeds that you can't hardly see, that are just a millimeter. What's that? It's nothing. But to God, it's something. He specializes in the small and insignificant. So think about how you can love the people next to you, how you can love the people that you run into in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Think sometimes we think, well, I can't make change because I'm not big and influential. You don't need to be because God uses mustard seeds. It says, it is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Becomes, becomes a tree. I love that last phrase. So that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. What is that a picture of? Making nests in the branches of the tree. It's a picture, a nest is a picture of home. It's a picture of belonging. It's a picture of family. That birds nest and they have their eggs in there, and they raise their babies in the nest. It is a place of welcome. It's a place of home. So what starts out as a mustard seed grows and becomes a place where the birds can nest. Now, in the Old Testament, they told a story about someone who, uh, about there was a vision where a tree was cut and planted, and it pictured the kingdom of God. And it said, in that tree... The birds of the air could nest. And in that vision, the birds of the air referred to the nations. It referred to all peoples everywhere. So in this image, Jesus is pulling that and saying, what started out as so insignificant, what started out was you loving your neighbor in the name of Jesus. What started out is you just sharing the gospel. What started out was a small church. What started out with just 12 disciples and now the birds of the air are finding their home there. This vision is powerful. I was getting giddy. I get giddy sometimes, let me tell you. When I was reading this and thinking about the power of that picture. There's so many things going on and so much toxic politics. But that's all secondary to this. This is where it's at. How is God working? Sometimes people say, God wants this person in office. And they say Jesus endorses this person. And if he, that person gets in, things are going to change. And people think the primary way that God works is through politics. But you've forgotten the actual primary way that God works. Politics, that's all secondary. Let's wipe that off the table and think about this a sec. Jesus works in our world through the church. So when you're here this morning, you're not a part of something that's insignificant. This is the chief way that God is working. God works by gathering a family of people together. 
people who are from different backgrounds, people from different ethnicities, people from different uh, economic levels, people from different nations. And he gathers them together and say, I am the king and you are a family. And the birds of the air find their home. So the vision of change in our world is that the church is working. It may seem, it, it looks like a mustard seed. It's insignificant. But the church is supposed to be a family to the familyless. And I see some of you do that all the time. That there are people out there who have no family. They have nowhere to belong. And what do you do? You reach out to them and welcome them in. You have people who are disenfranchised. You have people who are displaced. You have orphans. You have single moms. You have people who are in trouble, who have no connection, that have no support, and you reach out to them. How can you extend the way God is working in our world? God works in the world through a family, an extended family called the church. And the church welcomes in people from all backgrounds. How can you extend that welcome? How can you reach out to people and say, we are the way God is working in the world, and God wants to welcome you in. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, you'll find people all the time and say, oh, I could never fit in with church. I could never do that. that that's not my crowd. You know what a lot of people think of church? They think it's a bunch of goody two-shoes. They think it's like for upright citizens. You gather together in church and think about moral things to do, how to be nice to people, how to say please and thank you, how to keep your P's and Q's, how to be good children. And they're like, that's not me. But the church is not that. The church is revolutionary because we are saying all that nonsense out there, God has called us out of that and he has called us to love our neighbors and we live lives of love. We don't think change is going to necessarily happen through political means. We believe that God is working through the church and you get the privilege of being part of that. So if you get disheartened by politics, remember, that's secondary. The main way God is working is through the church. God is working through you. You may go, what can we do? You can love your neighbor. You can serve the poor. You can welcome people in no matter what they have faced. You can be there for them. And the birds of the air can find their hope. They can build their nest in the kingdom plan. So what I want you to understand is that you are a part of something huge this morning. That God is working through the church. And there are a million churches just like ours around this city. Well, not a million around this city, but a lot around our city, in our world, across the globe, who hold to the same thing as you do. Jesus is Lord. We're going to live according to what he says. So you get disappointed by politics. You get disheartened. You lose hope. We should care about those things as good neighbors. 
as people who love, but this is not how God is working. God is working through his kingdom, and it isn't identified with any of those movements. It is identified with the church. The call to you is, seek first the kingdom of God. Put out a picket sign for Jesus in your yard. I don't care if you do that literally. And what, do, what does Jesus call us to do politically? Experience his love and love others. Live according to a different politics. You're not going to be able to be pinned down so easily. They'll at times go, wait, so, so are you right wing or left wing? And you say, I don't know. I follow Jesus, and wherever he leads, that's where I follow. Kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for your kingdom that you have brought into this world, that we, by your grace, get to be a part of that. Pray that we would keep our eyes on the kingdom and on you. If we seek that first over all else, that we'd seek after your face. And I pray that this church would be a mustard seed church, that we would plant our seeds and watch the growth, that we would be patient in being faithful to you. But we confess we know you are working in our midst. You are working in our city. You are working in our world. And we love you. We long for your kingdom. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And while we wait patiently, may we be about your business. May we be about your kingdom. May we follow you wherever you lead us, whether it's to pain whether it's to suffering, whatever it is, may we seek your face in all of that. May we plant the mustard seed of your kingdom everywhere we go. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.